Hello and welcome to Roleplay Rejects. My name is Damien and I'm going to be the GM. My name is Stevie and I'm one of the players. Now I'm sure you, like most of us, have wandered through your local game store and you've seen just vast array of different uh, tabletop RPG rule books for uh, systems beyond uh, the, the normal ones. Uh, you'd see things like Vassin, Warhammer, Cyberpunk, whatever the hell that's about, uh, and You've probably also just thought, eh, not going to waste my money, or more importantly, waste my time trying to figure out what the rules are for those wacky games. We do the same thing. We've, we want to try out new games, but, you know, we don't know if we have the time. We've got a kid. Who has the time to find or to figure out a new set of rules? Who has the money? To buy a whole set of books and minis and everything that goes with it. And try and figure that out. So we just stick with D&D and Pathfinder for the most part. Yeah, we've been sticking with Kingmaker for a while. Um, doing weekly sessions. But uh, we thought with this podcast that we'd try and branch out into some of these different games that don't necessarily get as much attention as they rightfully deserve. Just because they're not, you know, the... D&D or the Pathfinders of role-playing games doesn't mean that they're bad in any way, shape, or form. So what we're going to be trying to do is start off with the Fallout role-playing game uh, recently released by Modifius Entertainment. And it is important to let you know that we are in no way affiliated with Bethesda or Modifius Entertainment. But you can find the Fallout RPG, and others at modifius.net. That's M-O-D-I-P-H-I-U-S dot net. So, uh, as I'm sure you saw in the uh, episode title, this is just going to be an episode, or like a, uh, a session zero, uh, but not like the normal ones where we go through the nitty-gritty of like trying to make everyone's characters, uh, but just trying to go over a just a brief overview of what the rules are so that then when we start getting into the actual sessions it's not going to be a, a, a total surprise as to what's going on. So to start off with this is a what's called a 2d20 system um, and Stevie if you wouldn't mind. Um, so basically for this you have attribute ranks which are basically like the main stats when you're playing yeah, you can equate these to like uh, your strengths, dexterity, things like that. Yeah. Um, and you're going to add those to skill ranks. Like say you're trying to shoot. Um, so you would use, depending on the weapon, say I have a pipe gun. I would use the small gun skill. And I have two in that. And my agil- it's an agility skill. So I would add my four in agility, one of the attributes. And then I'd have a target number of six. At which point then, me as the GM, I would choose a difficulty number. Um, so depending on different enemies, I would probably say that the difficulty number would be, let's just say, one, for example. Uh, normally it can range anywhere from zero in certain circumstances all the way up to like five. So what you're going to do is you're going to roll two d20s. And it's weird because you're going to be looking for a number that meets or is lower than the target number of six that I mentioned earlier. And a natural one actually counts as two successes. 
Yeah, so each time that the d20 comes up as a six or below, that's one success. A natural one would be uh, two successes. So any successes beyond the difficulty number that I chose, one in this instance, those are actually added as uh, what's called action points. Uh, those who are familiar with Fallout games should be pretty familiar with action points. Um, but they are added into a group pool of action points. Now it's really cool because you can use action points for all sorts of different things. Uh, think of them like uh, buying additional dice. So instead of rolling 2d20, maybe you're rolling 3 or 4d20 uh, on a certain skill test. Uh, you can also take extra actions, just some things like that. Yeah, you can even ask the game master a question, and you might not get all the information you were looking for, but you can just spend an action point to guarantee that you get some of the information that you're looking for. There's a lot of things you can do with it. Yeah, the whole the whole idea is to try and do like a, a back and forth kind of a thing. Um, there's a max amount of action points that the group can actually hold, being six. And the reason that they put a cap on it is to try and make it so that then players are more inclined to actually just spend it before they end up losing it. Um, I actually did not go over the attributes. So if you're wondering, and you've never played Fallout, the attributes are Strength, Perception, Endurance, Charisma, Intelligence, Agility, and Luck. Now, for those of you of who play, who have played Fallout, that's going to seem pretty familiar. It's the special. It's what makes you special. So, the strength is going to be used combined with skills like athletics or melee weapons. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Perception is going to be used for skills like explosives or lockpick, where you have to, like... Pay attention to what's going on around you. Again, if you're familiar with any role-playing games, perception is a pretty basic skill or attribute. Endurance is going to be used for things like survival and big guns because it's just what you can handle over time. Charisma, that's pretty self-explanatory. It's going to be used with skills like speech is basically how can you get along with the people around you and charm them. Intelligence, another one that speaks for itself. You're going to use it in things like science and repair and medicine. Things that you need in real life, you'd need to be a little bit on the smarter side to understand and apply in real life. Agility, it's basically dexterity. Yeah. yeah, so and dexterity, so agility affects like how difficult you are to hit and then also affects uh, small gun usage. So think of that as like pistols or, or something to that extent. As well as sneaking. Um, luck. So luck is really interesting. And I, I do like how Modiphius uh, implemented uh, this stat. So... With luck, you end up getting a number of luck points equal to your luck attribute. And with it, you can do all sorts of different things. You can re-roll a die, so you can spend a luck point to re-roll a die in case you ended up rolling kind of bad. Uh, you can use it to act earlier in initiative, 
Or, and this is probably my favorite one, add elements to a scene. So if you ever come across maybe uh, some kind of an obstacle in your way, let's go ahead and just say that there is a locked door in front of you. And you take inventory and you don't actually have any lockpicks. Something that you might be able to do is spend a luck point to say that maybe a nearby corpse or a nearby box might have some lockpicks on it. At which point I as the GM would have final verdict as to whether that is the case or not. Um, but then you would spend that luck point and potentially just have a couple bobby pins to pick the lock. Oh, one other uh, thing. So I know that Stevie mentioned uh, a few of the different skills that are involved in uh, the Fallout role-playing game, but uh, one for any Fallout fans out there that might be very interesting is they have a pilot skill. Mm. So if you've ever dreamed about flying a vertibird, driving a motorcycle or a buggy, this game has that in mind for you. Yeah. Uh, So... Before we move on, uh, Stevie, do you have any maybe initial impressions of this? I am pretty excited about this. Things like luck and the action points. Again, I have really stuck to D&D and Pathfinder, so I don't... I'm not familiar with mechanics like that. Uh, I keep to pretty simple classes even within those two games. So I don't make things super complicated for myself. I'm a simple person. I have simple (laughs) pleasures. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But I'm really excited to see how often those come into play and how those come into play because that I feel like luck can be, both luck and action points actually, can be game changers. Like they can turn the tide of whatever's going on. Yeah, they're they're very unique too. I, I like the especially the action points aspect of having it being a group pool. At that point it kind of lends itself to not so much that just one person is is going off. Um for those who've played Pathfinder before, I'm sure you've might have had a paladin in the party and they uh especially at early levels are just very powerful. Um but having like action points kind of makes it so that then everyone has a chance to to do something very interesting. It also makes sure you have to kind of work together as a group. I know it's easy in games to kind of do your own thing. And that can be fun. Like, there's definitely a time and place to have your own little story going on and doing your own thing. But, like, a lot of these games are just more enjoyable when the whole group is involved and, like, we're working together for at least one common goal, we can definitely have our own little side stories. Oh, absolutely. And I am excited about these mechanics because they give a little bit more power to the players versus just the GM. Oh, yeah. The adding scenes to, or adding elements to a scene. Uh, So those who might not know, a scene would just be like maybe an, an instance that we're in. We're not talking about travel between locations. We're talking about like maybe exploring a location or uh, talking with people, uh, element or situations like that. 
but like adding different elements to the scene it's very open-ended and i think that it's done on purpose so that then people can add whatever they want in combat maybe there's an explosive barrel or an unexploded car i'm sure we've all been there when we accidentally uh stand next to an unexploded car uh that just detonates and ends up killing you and you realize that you haven't saved in a while i'm not speaking from experience of course i call that a tuesday <laughs> but then also just even in like social situations adding different elements to the scene like there, it just seems like there's a lot of application for for something like this. Surprise! There's suddenly a drink there for you to give the vendor who's been giving you lots of trouble and just needs a drink, just needs to relax and maybe, wow, oh my gosh, I have this beautiful bottle of bourbon. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh! Hey, here you go. Just I mean, I definitely reduce me. the the difficulty of any tests regarding that vendor easily. <laughs> yeah, you make fr- you can easily make a friend. It can change so many aspects of the game, and it just makes the GM less godlike, and it oh, just allows us to be more creative as players. Yeah, adds kind to or kind of like brings itself to more of like a uh, interactive. Uh, experience for for a lot of the players Uh, one other thing that i think i failed to mention is that the so all of the skills have an associated attribute to them and that's just what stereo like uh, standard you would normally add whatever attribute to this skill Uh, so acrobatics for instance you would normally add strength to the skill or medicine you would normally add intelligence to the skill oh it is athletics my bad (laughs) we're learning this game but just because a skill has an associated attribute with it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only attribute that can be used with the skill in fact i think one of the most interesting ones that i can think of is with medicine actually if you come across a person who might have, uh, I don't know, their, their bone is like sticking out of their leg or something, you could make a pitch that your stronger character might try and just f- <laughs> force the bone back no. into the body. At which point I would say, sure, why not? <laughs> Let's go ahead and do a strength plus medicine check just to see if you can shove this bone into this guy's body oh no um it's a more think about that yeah it's it's kind of an extreme one but (laughs) it's but i mean that just kind of goes to show uh, what the 2d20 system can actually do so without further ado let's meet the players my name is joseph and my character is doc uh why don't you go ahead and tell me what your experience is with tabletop role-playing games? Okay. Um, I started playing role-playing games in your house. Um, before then, I'd been a video gamer. I'd played a lot of board games um, with my family and friends back home, but I'd never got into D&D structured, dice rolling, piece of paper in front of you games until about three years ago now it's been a little longer hasn't it? it's been almost five yeah, i think so it's been 
Yeah. Yeah. It's been a bit. It's been almost five years. Wow. So, um, and from there, I have played Pathfinder. Um, that's what I started out with. That's what I love. And I've also played some D&D. Um, it's all right. We'll get around to that eventually. And I actually DM'd a couple games of the Star Wars RPG uh, by Fantasy Flight Games. And so, Fantastic game. Yeah. I, thank you. I thought it went pretty well. You were one of my characters. And yeah, it went it went great. Okay. Uh, how familiar are you with Fallout? Okay. So Fallout is the reason I bought an Xbox. Um, I had a roommate in college and he had Fallout 3 and I used to play it way into the, the late hours of the night. Um, I actually broke one of his controllers because a mole rat jumped out at me. I just threw it <laughs> and it was two in the morning, right? I was, I was scared. Not going to lie. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, I mean, mole rats are... Kind of terrifying. They're the worst, and yeah. I thought I'd cleared out the building. Anyway, um, I decided to buy my own Xbox when he moved out, and he gifted me his copy of Fallout 3 because he wasn't going to be playing it anymore. So um, from there, I've played New Vegas. I've also played Fallout 4. Um, currently going through a playthrough of Fallout 4 just to get back in the feel. And I played the the um, Vault Dweller game on my phone. Oh, Fallout Shelter. Fallout Shelter, that's what it's called. Um, where you control the vault and you're the overseer. And I'm really getting into that one. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, they did pretty good on that one. I mean, it's yeah. a mobile game, so it's never going to live up. But it's Yeah, definitely. It's pretty good. But it's keeping me um, in the, the vocabulary of the Fallout world. And so I've been using it as a refresher to prep for this. Uh, tell us a little bit about the character that you're going to be playing. All right. So I am playing uh, James Tyrrell Donnelly, um, also known as Doc Jimmy. He's got a southern accent, something like this. Um, I'm going to try and keep that the entire time. I do accents occasionally with my characters, but um, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we're not voice actors. Yeah, we so. are not voice actors. We are not fancy smancy podcasters just yet we're getting there soon 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 soon. so um james doc jimmy was a member of the brotherhood of steel he was born in the brotherhood of steel his parents james senior and emma were both paladins and he grew up in that environment as um, a scribe and was making his way through the ranks. And in his teens, his parents were both killed in a raid. And he decided from that point forward that he was going to become a medic and he was going to try and save people from the same, um, the same fate that his parents had. So he became a medic, he got ingrained in the Brotherhood of Steel learned that ideology and wasn't able to save enough people. He felt like he really needed to get in there and um, do more work and more work. And some of the other medics suggested, you know, take a little jet. You know, this chemical, this drug, for those of you who don't know what jet is, um, gives you more agility. It makes you more aloof, more ready to go. And so by taking this jet, he would be able to 
stay up longer and work longer hours and save more people potentially. Um, but the Brotherhood of Steel found out that he was addicted to this chemical and he got kicked out. At this point, he started a family and became more of your normal uh, wastelander. I forgot what his wife's name is. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, probably. That's At least by next piece. session. Yeah, I'll have that by next session. Um, and had a son, Jimmy the Third. He just call, yeah, he calls him three. Um, but he was recently kicked out of his home because his wife has found that he started using Jet again. Um, he's been more of a small town doc um, medic type. And um, he was just you know, having a bad day. And so he started using again and fell found, back into his yeah, old ways. Found himself back in that routine. So um, that is where he is starting. Recently kicked out of the house, um, kind of living in abandoned buildings and hoping to find a crew that'll let him join and he can give his medical advice in exchange for them helping him get clean, hopefully. So tell us a little bit about uh, what you chose for your character. Uh, more specifically, uh, I'm talking about your origin, your attributes, and your skills. Yeah, definitely. So I chose the survivor origin. I felt like he'd been out of the Brotherhood of Steel long enough that he probably shouldn't be a Brotherhood of Steel initiate. That's one of the other options. Um, as far as his attributes, we've got the special Right, the strength, perception, endurance, charisma, intelligence, agility, and luck. So, starting out with strength and perception, I kept him at the base five. That's what everyone starts out with. And um, I figured he wasn't front lines in the Brotherhood. He wasn't really one of the main fighters. He was in the back doing the, the mash thing, taking care of the injured. So he never really had a reason to get strong or to be on his guard very much. So strength perception are fives. His endurance is a six. And that's to reflect he's been out in the wasteland a little bit. He hasn't had the hardest life because he's a doctor and his, um, his trade is very needed out there. So he hasn't gotten too um, endurance heavy. And then his charisma is a four. And this reflects him being that kind of uh, scummy drug dealer not drug dealer but drug taker type right he just looks off yeah he's a little ugly right he's a little grimy he's a little greasy so charisma of four which is the lowest you can put it um starting out and then an intelligence of nine he is a doctor right he has studied with um his parents dying he really dove into his studies and became um, a very intelligent person. Yeah, used it more as a distraction kind of a thing. Yes. And then um, his agility is also nine, and this is to reflect him taking that jet and being hopped up so often that he's just twitchy. He's He gets out of situations by dodging out of them and disappearing. And then his luck is a four. Again, that's the lowest it can go. And this is to reflect that he just 
isn't a lucky guy, right? He was yeah, I mean, he's had he's had a hard life, and you know, obviously luck isn't on his side. Yeah, exactly. He was the one who got caught out of all the medics, and then his wife just kicked him out of the house. He is not a lucky guy. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and talk about your tag skills. Yeah, so my tag skills, we'll start with medicine. That's a pretty obvious one. As a doctor, um, I wanted to make sure that I can help out our group. Next, I chose science. It's, again, one of those medicine-focused ones. And then I put another one into small guns. And that's just to reflect, he did get some training while he was in the Brotherhood of Steel. He probably had a pistol strapped to him, not so much the, like, miniguns and missile launchers that some of the other brotherhood would carry around right and that would be a a big guns as opposed to the small guns that i chose okay uh and let's lastly hear about your perk choice yeah so level one we get one perk and i chose medic and medic lets me re-roll a d20 um, whenever i roll for first aid so if i roll badly that first time around i can roll again and hopefully it is better. If it is worse, I still have to take the second roll, but um, it'll give me a better chance to help out in the realm of medicine and first aid. Or at least uh, avoid a complication. Yes. Oh, definitely. All right. Perfect. Well, uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you play next session. I do too. Hi, guys. My name's Misty, and I am playing the character named Tessa. Uh, what is your experience with tabletop role-playing games? Um, so I would say I'm still kind of a beginner. I played a little bit in high school with some friends, um, but it was one or two sessions here and there. We played D&D 3.5. Um, and then it's been really within the last year and a half um, that we've been getting back into RPGs. Uh, We've been primarily playing Pathfinder. We also did a Star Wars campaign, um, Age of Age Age of of Rebellion, or Age Age of Empire. I think I think yeah, one of those um, that my husband DM'd. But uh, other than that, like it's not really something that has been a consistent hobby until the last little bit. So, how familiar are you with Fallout? Um, on a scale of one to 10, I'd say I'm about a five in familiarity. Um, I, the reason I say that is because I've been playing Fallout 4 recently. Um, but I don't really know all of the lore. I've watched my husband play New Vegas. Um, but other than that, I'm pretty clueless when it comes to all of the different nuances with all the factions and Joseph was talking to me about Alaska the other day and I was like oh did they survive and he just looked at me like I was an idiot so I oh operation uh, anchorage yeah I have no idea what that means but apparently it was bad so that's why I give myself a five fair enough uh tell us a little bit about the character you're going to be playing Ooh, okay. So uh, I think I'm just going to read you my uh, original message that I sent you. Do you think that's too much or 
Uh, feel free to give as much or as little as you like. Okay. Um, so Tessa is a younger adult who has recently left her cult. Um, the cult had a community underground that they created separately from, from vault tech, um, kind of, they were in kind of a doomsday preppers situation back before the war. They were like, Oh no, the world's going to end. So let's go underground. Um, but they didn't really believe in all of the vault tech type stuff. So they created this kind of community around the normal way of life. Um, and they, in order to kind of keep some, um, I guess, uh, cohesion, uh, they tried to center it around a religion, hence the cult aspect. Um, she knows very little truth about the fallout because of all of the kind of brainwashing that's done in her community. Um, she has some kind of odd ideas about the world above and has to really learn from the others that she encounters um, because she's she's just so naive. She's used to, you know, that small town vibe down underground. She's never encountered anything besides like rad roaches <laughs> um, and... Um, so a more like in-depth Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt kind of a vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, very Kimmy Schmidt-esque. However, little less peppy, little bit more of a dark twist on the similar uh, story. And I'm sure we'll get into that as the campaign goes along, but right. there's a lot of awful stuff that's happened to her underground. Um you know, honestly, I feel like the rest of it, I'd rather just have unraveled okay. as we go. Is that okay with you? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So that's that's Tessa. Uh, so tell me a little bit then about your character sheet. More specifically, I'm looking at the origin, the special attributes, what tag skills have you chosen, and what perks have you chosen? Okay, so Tessa's origin is she is a survivor and then she is a mercenary subtype. Uh, and the reason that she's a mercenary subtype is because the whole reason that she's going out into the world um, and leaving her underground cult is because her sister escaped and she's being asked to go find her and bring her back so she's not a mercenary in the sense that like she's got a bounty that she's trying to carry out but she has a similar mission set you know she's literally only there to go get her sister go right back right and probably equipped by the cult themselves yes mm -hmm. so uh speaking of that equipment um right now she's basically got a 10 millimeter automatic pistol and a machete. Uh, she's got some armor and things like that. Um, but you know, it's a good thing she has those things <laughs> because, uh, she is not super skilled in anything, um, 
Well, why don't you go ahead and just start off by telling us what your uh, special attributes are at right now, and maybe some uh, choices that you thought of while you were, or like what you were thinking about when you were making these choices. So, uh, her special attributes right now, she's got a strength of five, a perception of five, um, an endurance of seven, charisma is seven, intelligence is six, agility is five, and uh, then she has a luck of seven. And kind of my whole thought process behind that is that, you know, she's she hasn't ever needed to be out and about in the wasteland before she doesn't necessarily have all that strength that would come from being you know the normal wastelander um kind of having to fend things off and stuff like that she kind of has a pretty calm life um underground as far as that goes so i i didn't really think she'd be super strong um similarly she's kind of a bit naive and a bit blind to the things around her. Um, she's very devout and uh, doesn't really think about the world around her other than the way it's been taught to her. And so, you know, pretty low perception <laughs> um, as far as that goes. I do think, however, that it would make sense for her to have a little bit higher of endurance and charisma, um, which is why I gave her sevens. Um, just because, you know, she's kind of learned how to how to talk to people and how to uh, get stuff done when she needs to get them done. Um, and... Kind of a side effect of uh, having to live in such a small-knit community trying to make sure that uh, gossip is isn't spread about you and everything yeah yeah very um political she's she's got that down pat um uh, i think she's a smart kid so you know she's got a little bit higher of intelligence but again she hasn't experienced the world so i didn't want to get make it too high because she's smart but she uh book smart not street smart if that makes sense. Right. Um, and only the books she's been able to read. So <laughs> there's there's that too. Um, nothing special for agility, but then luck. Uh, originally, I didn't want to give her a whole ton of luck, um, but we ended up giving her the mysterious stranger as one of her perks, and you needed a luck of seven to do that. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more I liked the idea of her being filled with this beginner look she's not always lucky she's not like actually skilled in that but she has just this innate ability to get things right the very first time she does it and then maybe it's not so easy the next time right like that's that's kind of what I think she'll end up being so okay uh, let's go ahead and talk about your tag skills. What did you choose there and why? Um, for her tag skills, I chose sneak, speech, and survival. Um, I think just because of her background, um, 
the way she grew up speak or sorry sneak and survival even though they are a sneak especially even though she's not necessarily an agile character um Mm -hmm. i think in order to survive in the community that she lived in she had to learn how to be sneaky in order to you know get things done there's that saying that um strict parents create sneaky children that's kind of Uh, her right um and then like we talked about she's really charismatic she's good at talking her way into and out of things as needed and then survival um again she's had a really hard time growing up whether she knows it or not um and she's learned a lot of really good survival instincts from that. Um, and that's why I gave her that as a tag skill. Okay. So. That makes sense. Uh, and then finally, uh, you already mentioned the mysterious stranger perk, but because of your the traits that you chose mm-hmm. uh, initially, you got an extra perk. So go ahead and tell me about that one. Uh, so the other perk that I ended up getting was the scoundrel perk. And that is basically whenever I am trying to lie... Um, and I'm doing a test that involves charisma plus speech. Um, I get to ignore the first complication of that um, lie. That way I can hopefully have a little bit more of a success in getting that done. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for uh, sharing and uh, look forward to seeing you next session. Can't wait. Hi, I'm Wesley, and I'll be playing the character named Lucky. What is your experience with tabletop role-playing games? Um, not too vast. I've been part of multiple D&D 5e campaigns. Um, a lot of them that have fizzled through, lasting only like a couple of months. Um, currently, I'm part of your Pathfinder campaign. We've been at it for a good few months now, pretty consistently, meeting every week. So that's the most consistent... Like, that's the most consistent campaign I've ever been a part of. But outside of that, I've been part of a few ragtag campaigns throughout the years. I've DM'd a couple as well. How familiar are you with Fallout? Not very much at all. I've heard some random bits of lore here and there, just from having friends who have been super into the series and doing the occasional reading on the internet. I know about very few vaults, and I know about a few named NPCs in a few of the games, but overall I have a very limited knowledge of Fallout as a series. Okay, uh, tell us a little bit about the character you're going to be playing. Okay. Um, so like I said before, his name is Lucky, and he's come from a vault where the populace was separated by gender, and he essentially had to participate in fight clubs and take on bets in order to take care of his dad, provide food and medicine for him. Um from the other vault dollars who would just bet their supplies on the matches. Um, you know, his dad would tell him stories of his family and they had a pendant that was passed down from generation to generation of a six sided die with the face showing on the pendant, having seven points on it to represent impossible luck. And as such, the firstborn of each family of that family takes the name lucky to represent their family. Interesting. Um, 
So now I would ask, uh, can you go over what's going on with your character sheet? Uh, maybe just tell us about your origin, uh, what your uh, special attributes are, your tag skills, and your perk. Sure. And maybe uh, just go ahead and tell us maybe your, your thoughts on char while character creating, uh, just what you were thinking when you were making some of these decisions. Yeah, so the, the special attributes are pretty focused. 7 Strength, 7 Endurance, 10 Luck, and the rest of the attributes are 4 Ranks. Um, my attack skills are Athletics, Melee Weapons, Survival, and Unarmed, with extra ranks as well in Small Guns, Big Guns, and Medicine. The idea mostly being a fighter while he was in the vault, um, just really focused at taking hits and dishing hits out, as well as the, the would-be family-inherited luck being the reason for the maxed-out luck. Um... Uh, go ahead and tell us about the perk choice that you had at level one. Oh yeah, I picked Adrenaline Rush. What that does is if my HP is below its maximum value, my strength is treated as 10 for any strength-related tests or melee attacks. Do you think maybe you chose that because that's how your character Lucky ended up winning a lot of these matches? I think so. I like to imagine that um, he's not particularly aggressive by nature. He fights for necessity rather than pleasure, but... Once he's in a fight, he's in a fight, and he knows it's either him or them, so he fights with that level of vigor. Interesting. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to seeing Lucky in action uh, come next session. Thank you. Thank I'm you. looking forward to playing him. Hi, my name is Stevie, and I'm going to be playing the character named Frankie. What is your experience with tabletop role-playing games? Um, I've only really been introduced to them the past few years, uh, a little bit of D&D, a little bit of Pathfinder. Unfortunately, I've only really been in one campaign that stayed consistent as far as the people who were in it and playing it frequently. But I'm excited to try this out. How familiar are you with Fallout? Um, I'm not, like, incredibly familiar. I have played little bits here and there myself, but mostly... My wonderful husband plays, and I just kind of watch along with the story and help him make some decisions. Uh, tell us a little bit about the character you're going to be playing. Um, Frankie is actually a ghoul who, before the war, before the bombs hit, he was actually a maintenance worker at a Nuka-Cola factory. And... One of the things he did was he kind of became sort of a traitor. And because he knew how to break down all the machines in the factory, he made a lot of money breaking down and selling all those parts. Okay. Uh, and I do understand that he uh, has a goal. Could you talk a little bit about that? He does. Um, unfortunately, a while after the bombs hit caps started becoming uh quite valuable and generally became the currency as anyone who's played fallout knows uh and so his plan is to go around check out all the nuka-cola factories get all the parts he needs he's actually still a trader he wants to start a counterfeit cap business that sounds quite lucrative uh so c 
can you go ahead and just go into a little bit of what's going on on the character sheet specifically? Uh, I'm talking about uh, what origin you picked, uh, your special attributes, some of your tag skills, and what perk you chose at first level. Oh, um, as I mentioned earlier, Frankie is a ghoul. Uh, and because he's a ghoul, he actually has the trait, necrotic post-human. Yes. Um, and he actually heals from radiation, which is hopefully going to be pretty helpful. And as a perk, it's Cap Collector. And what that does is really helps him out as a trader because he can raise or reduce prices by 10% when buying or selling items. Interesting. Uh, can you go ahead and talk about his attributes and uh, his skills and just tell me what kinds of uh, character choices you made as you were making some of these choices? Well, generally, ghouls, I don't think, are known for their strength. So he's got four for his strength. Um, he's got a lot of charisma because as a trader, if you want to get good deals and make good trades then you have to have you got to be pretty good at working with people right and he's been around for a while so his perception is seven it's not bad because again it's an important skill to have when trading right he's probably had a bad deal or two. Oh yeah i mean you don't you don't gain that experience with success right right and yeah, for endurance, it's a six. I mean, he's a ghoul. He's been around for a while. He knows how to survive. And intelligence, he's uh, average intelligent. He's six. Six? That's that's yeah. not too bad. A little above average. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, average being like five. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, agility, he's not, again... Strength and agility can go hand in hand often, and so he's only four. He's just a frail little ghoul. Okay. There's only so much he can do. Right. And for luck, he's five, because you got to have a little bit of luck to survive 200 plus years. Okay. Uh, and what kind of skills did you choose for his tag skills? What skills do you think really shape what your character can do? Um, well, repair. That was literally his job pre-war. Which, so, that makes a lot of sense. He is also good with the lockpick. You gotta get in the factory somehow. There, It's not always easy. And speech, which is very important in his business. And survival. Okay, and uh, to my understanding, survival is just a free tag skill that all ghouls get. Yes, because they've survived quite a while already. Right. Um, okay, well, uh, thank you, and I look forward to seeing Frankie in action next session. Thank you, so do I. <laughs>